Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the word-giving, insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now, on to today's message. And uh, be a part of the teams that serve here at Thrive. If you came in this place and you were greeted at the door, or you were parked, somebody showed you where to park in the parking lot, uh, they're doing that to show you love. They want you to feel that you are important. They want to do that to show you that they love you. And if any of the different things that you see, people at the welcome table or at the kids' sign-in table, if somebody was there checking in your children, they're doing that to show you that they love you. They want you to know that you're important here. And, um, but anyway, I am Brian, and I'm going to be sharing with you this message today. But I want to say, first of all, I'm thankful for Pastor Kevin as he's, uh, he's just showing us what it is to have a replenished soul. You know, to be able to take time away and to do. Because many of us, I'm guilty. I'm a workaholic. I don't always take my time off and do the things I need to do. I'm always finding something. But it's very encouraging to have sermons that are based on showing us how we can have a replenished soul. So, um, anyway, the the message today we're going to be looking at, if you would, turn in your uh, Bible to the book of James, and we're going to be looking at a few scriptures from James 3 and 4, and uh, we're going to be looking at uh, how this is going to happen with uh, unholy ambition is what we're going to be looking at, how to disarm unholy ambition. And, uh, but then some of you may be thinking, you know, I've been coming to Thrive for a while and we've heard a variety of sermons. We've, we've heard things from all different realms, uh, every different part of the scriptures and things that are going on. But, you know, you may be thinking to yourself, I have never heard a sermon that was based on the movie Star Wars. Now, it's, a, it's amazing that that's not happening because Star Wars is awesome, right? Anybody in the Star Wars fans in the house? All right, well, I'm going to talk from experience because, no, I'm not a Jedi or anything. But in 1978, my dad had a huge station wagon. And, uh, and you know, we didn't just go to, a, to the movies to see this thing. We went to a drive-in movie theater. Anybody ever been to a drive-in? Yeah. Um, it's quite an experience in a huge station wagon. And I have two brothers, so there's three of us, and we brought, because it's a station wagon, you go into a drive-in, you get as many people in that car as you can. <laughs> so we had each of my brothers and I, we all had our friends in there, so spin that station wagon around backwards, roll that thing down, you got heads popping out everywhere watching the movie, you know? So, my first experience with the character we're going to be talking about this morning, we're going to look at uh, the, the things in this life of a man that was, his name was Anakin Skywalker. But my first experience with Anakin was when he was known as Darth Vader. Anybody know Darth Vader? All right. Well, I hated Darth Vader because he was the enemy of Luke Skywalker. And all the good guys, the the Jedi, they were, you know, they were the ones that were trying to do good. And here's Darth Vader, he's just ruining everything. You know, he's he's tearing it up. And uh, so this was back in the 70s when I saw this movie. It's weird with Star Wars, they didn't start with episode one. They started with number four. 
And then you have to go back and you're, you're like, oh, we have to find out what happened before the movie that we grow to know that we loved. So I'm expecting, you know, in the first movie when, the, when episode one came out, I'm expecting Anakin to just be this terrible kid. You know, he's just, I mean, he's all, he's the worst thing possible. And then the movie starts and you see this sweet little innocent child. And it starts out, he's a slave. And his mom's a slave. And they're living on this desert planet, tattooing. And there, it's, it's just chaos. His life is all surrounded by negatives. But yet, he had ambition, even at that time. He was, anything he set his hands to, he was going to do it. And he was going to do it good. You know, he, he, he built a protocol droid. You know, I don't even know exactly what all that is today. But, you know, that was a really sophisticated robot, you know. Uh, he built C-3PO. And he poured his heart into everything he did. I mean, he, was, he, he didn't have the money to do it all at once, so he's building him in pieces, you know. He's doing his stuff. And he built this pod racer, and he's out there. He's using the force, you know. He's got, he doesn't even know what it is, but he's got all this talents and stuff, and he's able to do the work. And So... Anyway, he winds up running into a Jedi. Now, like I said, we're not going to have time to do the whole story and tell you to read the book. I mean, it's, it's really it's be a hard thing for me to explain everything because the Force and the Jedi and lightsabers and flying ships and all this stuff, is, it's a lot to go over. But uh, Anakin, he was this slave. And here he is. He's doing what he can to help. And he sees these, these people, the Jedi Knight that's there, Qui-Gon Jinn. He's got a ship that's broke down. And he needs parts for this ship. And this boy happens to be a slave for the guy who can get the parts. And he figures out and he figures a way. He's going to do his best to help this guy out in a tough situation. So... He, go, he goes and he helps them. He gets the part that they need. He wins this race. He gets the part. They, he gets freed. He's no longer a slave. But in his mind, he's still thinking of the good things. He's looking at his ambition is to go back. Let's free the slaves. Let's get everybody that's, that's been treated bad. Let's free them. Let's make things right. So he does this. Qui-Gon Jinn and those, they take him. And he winds up getting trained as a Jedi. Now, the Jedi, if you've if you ever seen the movie or not seen the movie, they were the good warriors in the movie. They're the guys that went around, they were fighting the bad guys. They used the, the light side of the force. You know, there's the light side, there's the dark side, and there's this battle, this constant turmoil. Uh, the, the Jedi are fighting against the Sith. The Sith are the bad guys. You know, Darth Vader in the future becomes this bad guy. He becomes part of the, the Sith Lord. And, but, but we're looking at his early life and decisions, ambitions. What causes us to become who we are? That's where we're going at with this. And um, so he's doing all these things and he starts realizing as he's being trained, he finds out that he actually has more going on in him. He's better at the things that they're trying to teach him. He's got skills they don't have. He's advanced above the people that are training him. And pride starts to build up in him. And he finds out there's a guy, uh, Chancellor Palpatine. This guy is crooked. Anybody could look at him and tell he was crooked. I don't know how it was so not obvious in the movie. But I mean, I knew the guy was bad. You know, when I was watching, I knew he was bad. So... 
he starts meeting up with Anakin and he's telling him all these things. He says, you know, you, I think these guys are trying to hold you back. They don't want you to meet, make your full potential. And he starts questioning the good side. He starts thinking, you know, maybe they are holding me back. And they're not letting me fulfill what I'm supposed to do. Because they all knew there was a prophecy spoken. He was supposed to be the chosen one. The one that was going to bring balance to the force. And, you know, when it comes to the force... It's like, it's this thing that just ties everything together. Uh, he, re he referred to the force, um, let me see how he worded it, and I'm going to read it to you. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, when he was speaking to Luke Skywalker, he said, the force is an energy field that's connected to all living things. It surrounds us, penetrates us, binds the galaxy together. That's what the force is. So he was very good at this type of thing. He, uh, the force flowed through Anakin and he was good. And, and yet he kept having these people that were coming in. This, this chancellor was coming and giving him bad advice and telling him you can't trust those. And, you know, sometimes there is sneakiness going on around us. And Anakin was one of these, he was following for the sneaky person that's trying to trick him. And uh, in this process, he's a Jedi, he's training to become a Jedi, and, and, and he's, he falls in love with this girl. Now, I'm not going to blame it on the girl. You know, a lot of people always say, it's the woman, you know, it's the woman. No, no, uh, he fell in love with this girl, you know. And he wound up secretly getting married to her. Because it was against the rules for a Jedi at that time. He couldn't be married. and uh, So he secretly gets married. And she secretly becomes pregnant. And he winds up with a turmoil. He has a dream. And in this dream, he sees his wife giving birth. And right after giving birth, he sees that she dies. And he tells this counselor about this dream. And he tells him, he says, well, you know, there's a way that you can, you can learn. There's more things to the force than what you've learned on the light side. You know, if you learn the Sith ways of the force, you would have the power to save her life. And here's where he made a big shift in his ambition. His ambition became, I want to do this. I want to find out everything I can. I want to be the most powerful Jedi. I want to be the most powerful person with the force that's ever existed. And that's where his downfall began. So as he begins to learn and he picks up these things, he follows uh, Chancellor Palpatine and he fails. He, 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 he turns himself against the Jedi. He has battles with the Jedi. He, he actually kills the young Jedis that are training. And he goes through all this stuff to save this, this wife of his who was going to die during childbirth. And the reason, but think about the turmoil that's going on. The, the limits that were put around him. You know, children, don't, they don't like to have limits. When you put your children and you put boundaries in their life, boundaries, we don't like it. As teenagers, we hate boundaries. As little kids, they hate boundaries. My little girls, they hate them. But, but those boundaries are there to keep us safe. They're there to keep us in, in doing the right thing. So here, you know, he's breaking away from these things. He's, he's turned away from these barriers that were there to protect him. And he's accepted the wrong way of his future. 
those warnings that were there, the people that were there to help show him the truth, he, he didn't listen. This was his downfall, and he became Darth Vader. And you find out later on in the story, he gets very angry with his wife, and he uses the force hold on her, and it chokes her, and she doesn't die. But he, he does this stuff, and, and he just loses it. He's, he's so angry because she doesn't agree with the place that he's going. She wants him to stay with the good side. He wants to become this terrible thing that he doesn't even realize is terrible because your eyes get deceived when you start stepping in the wrong direction. You quit seeing the truth. So this wife that he loved and he, he, want, he became what he became in his mind because he wanted to save this woman. He wanted to save her from dying. The, the thing about it, the, the, the trick in this story is she dies. But she doesn't die because of complications of childbirth. She dies of a broken heart. Because she saw the evil that he became. She saw the fact that he, he went from being good, a person who had the, the things in his life he wanted to do, the ambitions were to be the best he could be, to be at anything he set his goals to, his mind to, he was going to overcome it. But yet she saw that he went from that to a person that was killing kids that were wanting to become good people and people that would fight for good and right. And... She saw those things and she said, and in the story it even says, they couldn't figure out medically what happened to her. She died of a broken heart. She couldn't go on. She said, I can't, I can't go with you. I can't follow you where you're going. And, it, and, and then she died. So I want you to see that Anakin made choices. He had ambitions. But sometimes our ambitions get in the way of what God has planned for us. Now, I know that this was a fictional story. He's a fictional character. But some of the things we see in the story, we can relate to because there's things that are going on in our life today that we have to make decisions about. Have you ever uh, done something or said something, uh, twisted something to get something that you wanted? Have you ever lied, stolen you know, to, to get your way. Because I have. I mean, I'm guilty of, of those things. I don't know if any of you are in that same boat, but I've done a lot of things in my life I'm not happy about. Um, one of the, the things that I wanted to talk about today is there's a, there was a time in my life when I was, uh, I was in school. And here it came time to pay tuition again for the next semester. And I needed tuition money and I needed book money. But I also needed this Kenwood stereo. Which had a CD player in it. And I'm going old school. I know that today that's old. But I'm talking, I'm old, you know. <laughs> but this, this, for you to understand what I'm talking about, when, when CDs first came out, there was a thing called the Disc Man. And it was a little portable CD player that you could put your music in. And they made an adapter to that thing that would hook to your car stereo. The problem is if you hit any bump, it would skip. 
But you're driving down the road trying to listen to your beat, and it's like every other song, every little beat is gone. So you're driving down the road, and I'm like, man, I saw this car stereo Kenwood had. It had a catch built in there, so there was no skipping. And I was thinking, you know, that's going to be mine. I was telling all my friends, I said, that Kenwood stereo is going to be mine. I'm buying that Kenwood stereo. It's going in my truck. And they were like, nah, you, you ain't got, you're just like us. You ain't got no money. I said, that's the problem. I don't have no money. But other than the money, that Kenwood stereo is going in my truck, you know. So tuition's coming up. And I, I'm an ambitious person, you know. I really want that Kenwood. I'm thinking, you know, tuition's coming up, books are coming up, school books are expensive, you know. So I called my dad. I said, Dad, you know, the semester's starting, book money and, you know, stuff. I, can I, could you loan me some money? And uh, my dad agreed. My dad wasn't rich, but he agreed to help me buy my books and my tuition. So the same day, I met a guy that had that same class last semester. And he said, man, I'll just give you my books. I'm done with them. I'm like, man, good. You know, the cost of that Kenwood stereo and the cost of those books was the same. My dad didn't know that. And I wound up buying that Kenwood stereo and putting it in my truck. All my friends, that was the talk of the town there for a little while because nobody else had one. So we're all riding around, we're listening, we're hitting the railroad tracks on purpose, trying to make it bump. It won't bump, you know. <laughs> so we are doing our best to get this thing to mess up and it just won't do it. But the thing about it is this. About a day or two after I had that car stereo put in, I started feeling guilty. I'm like, you know, I did my dad wrong. You know, they loaned me that money, they had no money, and I spent that money. It's not the first time in my life I've done that. So I learned my lesson several times, you know. Uh, but as we do that, we start realizing, you know, we manipulated a situation and we got something out of it that we wanted. Kids learn that early on. You know, they can manipulate a situation. You know, I'll ask dad. If dad says, no, I'm going to ask mom. You know, and it back and forth until they get caught in the middle and then they have some consequences, you know. Um, but the guilt that comes in, sometimes we sit there and we, we wonder, is it worth it, the trickery and the lying and the stealing and all this stuff that we do? When you get to the end result, sometimes you don't feel like it was even worth what you went through to get it. So, uh, brief background of today's message we're going to uh, be looking at is we are going to be going to the book of James, chapter 3. And we're going to be looking at this whole idea about ambitions and unholy uh, pursuit of those things, the selfish ambitions that we have. So let's go through and we're going to uh, read James 3.16. It says, For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Now that stuff that I was just telling you about was evil. The tricking of my dad to get me money so that I could trick him and actually buy a stereo with that money, that's evil. You know, the Bible actually refers to that in some places, witchcraft. When you start manipulating situations, it's the same as witchcraft. And then he goes on to say in James 4, 1 through 3, 
He says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? He says, don't they, don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Now, these believers that he was writing to, they had some serious issues going on in them, just like some of the stuff I was telling you about with me. Um, He speaks of scheming, killing, jealousy, and disorder among a group of believers. I'm going to tell you, this is a group of believers, and I'm telling you, some of that stuff is right here. We deal with that stuff. I deal with that stuff sometimes in my own heart. I have to deal with that stuff inside today. No, I'm not going to do that. Because the temptations still come to do things in the wrong way. There's always ambition and then there's always things that you have to answer to and God will be there. The Holy Spirit speaks to you and you're like, no, I'm going to resist that temptation. That's not of God. So there's a thing that goes on where you have to make a decision. But when you're there and you're looking at it, you realize it's my pleasures, it's the things that I desire, the things that are ungodly. Those are the things that sometimes rule me. And that's what was going on in these believers. He tells them that uh, why this is happening. The motives are all wrong. He, he just tells them right up front, your motives are wrong. You're not getting it because your motives are wrong. The end of their means was them. It was all about them. The pleasure and their desires. They were living with selfish ambition. Now this leads to the big idea of today. This is our big idea. Selfish ambition elevates human pursuits and pleasures over God's pure purposes. When God's pure purposes should be the main thing in our life, selfish ambition elevates our our human pursuits and pleasures over what God wants. So that's our big that's our big picture today. That's what we want to remember. That's our big idea. And today we're going to talk about the dangers of selfish ambition and how we as followers of Jesus can live above that. Because we don't have to fall for those temptations. Just like we were talking about with Anakin, he didn't have to listen to the chancellor when he was giving him bad advice. But he was, he was tricked. You know, he, he really thought what he was doing was going to save his wife's life. But it was trickery. A lot of times it's not even what, it's, what we see with our eyes. Sometimes it's not real. The enemy will allow us to see things from a, a wrong perspective. And then we follow in the wrong path. We lose sight of where we're supposed to go. We live in a society today that's all about me and mines. It's about what can I get, how can I have everything that I want, and how can I make it look like it just came so easy because I'm all that. You know, that's what, well, that's what we see in society today. God desires that we run after his pure purposes, that we can stay in focus and keep his, his best in mind that he has for us. And... Uh, As we're looking at that, we want, he wants us to have his best things going. You know, he wants us to, to be able to move forward and to step out in faith and do and see the things that he wants to do in our life. This is upside down from the world that we live in. Uh, if we're going to 
If we're actually going to replenish our souls, we have to lay down our selfish ambitions and do that. We can't stay trapped in, in thinking that we're going to lead ourselves out of a trap we put ourselves in. We can't. We have to have somebody who's going to lead us out of this. And Jesus did that for us. And, and, you know, you may think, why does this matter for me? Man, it affects every part of your life. It affects your job. Maybe you've been in for, uh, maybe you've been looking for a promotion at work. And you're trying to get this promotion at work. And then you see something. You have an opportunity to say something negative about the other person who's in for the position. And you do that in hopes that it's going to help you to make that position. See, there's something that we do. We manipulate things around us all the time. And sometimes we don't even realize it. We do it and it's just by human nature, it's a sin nature. But we do those things on a regular basis. And if you stop and you think about it, look at what was my reason for what I did. Was it to worship God? Was it to show somebody else the love of Jesus? What about the other person that was in for that job? You know, are they the enemy of God? Are they Satan himself? You know, they're, they're, they, they're probably just wanting the promotion too. It's, it's not that they're a bad person because they want the same job you wanted. But we have to look at why, what is our motive for what we do? What, the ambition is there, but there's motives that move us one way or the other. What is our motive? And the thing about motives is they're unknown. People don't see them. They're hidden. The things that I do, I can make a mistake in a heartbeat and do the wrong thing. And everybody else will think it was for the right reason. It may have been the right thing for the wrong reason. You know what I'm saying? That Sometimes I can manipulate a situation and look back and I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. So we have to learn from our mistakes. And this matters to you because it can happen in your family. It happens in your job. Everyday situation. This is so important that we learn that ambition and that we can control our, the way that God works through us. Now, you may think, you know, how can we live this out? And I want to show you, we got three steps I want to show you of how we can live out this, this idea of living uh, our ambitions through God and doing it in the right way. So how do people with holy ambition live? Uh, there's a couple of examples I'm going to show you. that it, it, you, can, you can look at your own life and see, do I have these characteristics working in me? Number one, they are not driven by comparison or completion. Now, if, if that's true, if they're not driven by comparison or completion, then, you know, then that's a good thing. But maybe you're sitting there and you're like, I want this because somebody else got it. You know, I'm, I've been driving this car and, you know, and I've got some miles on it. And I see this new vehicle that you got. My next door neighbor's got this new vehicle. And, you know, I'd like to have that. Or, you know, I'm living in an old, old house and, you know, they just built a huge house next door and it looks really good. Got a swimming pool and all, you know, and it's like, yeah, I want to have something like that. But we're doing it, we're comparing ourselves to somebody else and we're, we're being deceived when we do that. Whatever God has laid out for you, trust God for whatever it is and do it, but don't do it because somebody else did it and you want what they have. You know, that's not the way to do it. So, when we look at this, they don't compare themselves to others. Uh, and you can look at somebody's social media. 
Look at their social media and you'll see they're going to show you all the good things. They're not going to show you the bad things that happen in their life. They're going to show you all their highlights of life. And you're sitting and you're thinking, their life is perfect. No, their life is just like yours. It sucks 98% of the time. (laughs) You know, let's just tell you the truth. Everybody's going through the same stuff. It's just how many, some people have more pictures on Facebook that show the bright times. You know, uh, so you think about this, okay, they don't, they don't live in comparing themselves to others. All right, number two, they're okay with living in obscurity. They don't have to be the person in the focus. They don't have to be in the spotlight. You can be doing anything for God and not be the person in the spotlight. You know the guys in the parking lot or the people back in the kids' sign-in table or the ones that work in the cafe? They might not be the most known in it. You know, it's not, yeah, Thrive is all about that one person. You know, you need to come to Thrive. The cafe rocks, you know, or whatever. It's like the person that gets the spotlight normally is not the, the... typically it's not the people that are serving in all the different locations that make it work they're, they're important but so are the little people in all the positions that make it work there's not one that's better than the other but you can't live to have the spotlight on you and um, anyway living in obscurity is a part of what they do if they're going to be living out the, the right way and number three they don't mask unholy pursuits with scripture Now, this is a big part because a lot of people will say, you know, the Bible says this and take it out of context. And they say, well, if the Bible says that, they want us to be prosperous, then then I need to be the most rich person in my neighborhood and I need to have the best of everything. And, and, you know, and they take things out of context. God says I'm supposed to be blessed and I'm supposed to be this and I'm supposed to be that. We are blessed. We have Jesus. But we can't take things out of context. The devil tried to do that to Jesus. He, he, he tempted him with different ways. And he's like, you know, uh, he told him, he said, throw yourself from the top of the temple and everyone will see it and bow down to you. And then he said, God said that he would put his angels in charge and not let your foot be dashed against the stone. Jesus had to respond to Satan by using scripture. And God said that you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. He knew the procedures. Yes, he was the son of God. But he lives through us. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. And you know right from wrong. And when wrong happens, we're a part of it. If we let it happen in our life, we're guilty. So we need to do a better job at closing those doors. And let ambition be filtered through God. Now, I had one more example I'd like to show you, and it's uh, an example about electricity. Uh, You can relate ambition to raw electricity. You think about a lightning bolt and what damage that does if it strikes a tree. Or you can look at the power lines, and you see the power lines running up and down the road. But that power that's on those lines is not usable power until it goes through a transformer. Then it comes down to house current. You can plug in something and it works. You plug it into that power line, it's going to burn up. Damage comes when things are not under control. Ambition that's not under the control of God in your life. If you're not listening and surrendering your heart to Jesus and listening when when you have an ambition and you see that it's going to take doing wrong things to make that work, you need to reconsider and look at why the Word of God is there for you. Why the Holy Spirit keeps pulling you back and saying, don't do it. 
there's reasons for that. But when you take that raw electricity and you send it through a transformer, the transformer serves to regulate it. It channels and directs and controls the electricity and helps it go to all the different places where it's supposed to and be effective. A transformer takes what is potentially harmful and deadly and turns it into something that's useful and helpful. Ambition also is like a river. You can look at a river and you see the water stays within its boundaries. And a river can be useful. Ships can go up and down the river. It's used for a lot of different reasons. But you let that river break out of its banks and it becomes dangerous. It can destroy things. It can destroy people, tear out roads. It can cause death. But if it's contained in its boundaries, safety is there. It's the same thing with our ambition. God wants us to contain them. And he wants us to be ambitious and to do new things, but to do it in his way so that he can get the credit for it. Now there's an assignment that I have for you this week. This is what we want you to do is this. This week, focus on your ambitions. What is it that you desire? What is it that you want to see in life? Focus that energy and pray and ask God to give you wisdom. And say, I don't want to do it on my own. I don't want to sin to see what I want happen, happen. I don't want to be like Anakin and do what I do to try to save my wife and find out she died not because of what I thought was going to kill her, but because of me. We want to see that our ambitions are fulfilled, what you want fulfilled, and our humanly selfish ambitions, throw them aside. You don't have to have it if God don't want you to have it. Live this life that God has given you with with courage and ambition. Move forward, but do it in a godly way. And if you would, let's, let's pray over this. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we lift up this congregation to you. Each person here, Lord, they have their... They have their ambitions. They have their desires. They have things that they know that that you have called them to do. But the road is tricky sometimes. And Lord, I pray that you would help give them wisdom. Let them know what to do, what not to do. Where to steer and where to steer clear. Lord, we give you praise for that. We thank you for helping in every situation. Lord, and where we have failed, where we have caused damage, where we've lied, cheated, stealed, or done something selfish, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be able to make reconciliation. Lord, help us, forgive us. Let us move forward from this point and do your will. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for all that you are doing in our lives. And we give you praise for this thing. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.